0: Hello, and welcome to Please Don't Send Me in Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel.
1: My name is Sarah.
0: My name is Aaron. Chili Dog. Sonic. Mm hmm. <laughs> Sup, dudes? <Sub-deuce. laughs> Watched a movie this week. <laughs> yep. I'm not, I'm still recovering, guys. Me too. I uh, know. I don't know. It feels, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like a single moment's passed since I've seen this movie. It still burns in my mind. It's kind of like the movie itself. It's just, it's <laughs> just going. <laughs> and we're in there. And the camera is zooming or zoom in or zooming out. And we're there. And. You just kind of want to lie down on a stream or in the grass. You I just, could take a nap right now maybe, in some puddles. It's okay. I think it's okay to do that. Okay. It's. I mean, look, at, it's not, you know.
1: Lay down and have a cry. I
0: mean, they just got in there. <laughs> and he, like, he's like, oh, hold on a second. I got to go check something. No, he didn't. He went and lied down in the tall grass. That's the way I feel right now. Oh. Just give me some nice, sweet, tall grass and we'll lie down. Anyways, guys, we watched a little movie called Stalker from 1979, directed by Andre Tarkovsky. Now, if you're a film nerd, you are familiar with the name Tarkovsky because he is one of the big names. He made a couple of genius films. You got Andre Rublev. You have Solaris, which, if you're not a film nerd, you probably know is the movie with George Clooney that nobody really liked. Oh, wow. It was a movie before that. (laughs) And he made this movie, Stalker. Now, it's kind of weird. Not the movie. Out of those three movies, Stalker seems to be the hardest – to get a hold of. Like we got our DVD from Netflix Netflix, and it was was like a super cheap DVD. It was like Kino, which is one of the big indie release companies, but it it, like, it didn't have any bells and whistles. Like I read reviews online. It was like, they've rolled the soundtrack on this thing. So who knows what kind of version we were getting, you know, there's no blue or anything like
2: that. I hadn't even thought of that possibility of there being alternate, Versions of this movie while I was watching it.
0: My gosh. There's like an hour and a half TV cut. That, so.
2: that hurts my brain. That hurts my brain to begin with, Joel. Just yeah. that statement. To yeah. think that there's like another cut and like, but part of my brain's like, now part of my brain's like, is it better?
0: Like, did I get the no. inferior version? Like, I don't no. think we're gonna, I don't think you're gonna find a better one. All right. All right. All right. This is, uh, <laughs> this is yeah. week, week three of Spencer month. <laughs> Thank you Spencer.
1: Thanks Spencer. I, why
0: are you guys still thanking Spencer at this point? What's wrong with you? <laughs> he punished us. He is punishing us. <laughs> now, it's not to, not to say that we we, he, we didn't watch a bad movie. Stalker is not we did not watch a bad movie. We watched a movie that is the equivalent of trying to fit your head through a hole the size of a penny. Yeah. That's some, like uh
2: that's my like, checkers guide yeah. like slam poetry you just threw out there Joel
0: Yeah I'm I really. feels like something,
2: something Douglas Adams wrote slam like poetry. when when you're when you're like when you're like drinking a pan galactic gargle blaster say
0: Yeah just slam it's like trying my brain to hit your between your between head. the two green uh, gold bars right? Yep. Yeah. yeah 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 well that's how I feel Except <laughs> that, I I believe that is supposed to convey absolute ecstasy. Oh this is more like so it's the opposite of a pangolin. I can't get my foot out of this mud. I don't know what to do, guys. <laughs> so you're saying you felt like the pony
2: from the Neverending Story yeah. when you were watching this movie?
1: Yeah, but like, but if that was that was like two and a half hours long.
2: <laughs> oh no! In slow motion. <laughs> mm.
0: No.
1: <laughs> this movie, this movie is so hard to describe. I mean, I. I've seen some artistic movies before, but I wouldn't call myself, you know, a film snob or anything. I, I
0: would. That not, not hurt me.
1: I just, um, I went into this with an open mind as I do everything. And initially, you know, you have no setup going into this movie whatsoever. You have a little monologue about the future or something.
0: It opens on a shot of a bar, and we see the bartender getting the day ready, I I think, and Professor walks in. But this is completely wordless. The the movie starts off completely, no one speaks until almost ten minutes into the movie. Yeah. And it, it starts off with a bar scene, there's no context to the shot, we just see somebody setting up the bar, and then somebody going to go drink at the bar. And then we get a little scrolling text that describes, that is a quote, and I'm using the quotation marks for this quote because it's not a real quote. This is a fiction movie saying that they don't know if a meteor landed or what, but they suddenly were cordoned off this area that became known as the zone. They sent in soldiers, but no soldiers ever came back. So they just sealed it off from the rest of the world. And it's a quote from some person who's a Nobel Prize winner in this imaginary world. But that doesn't explain anything. Like, if anything, that, that lands you into a context that you might be able to apply to what you're going to end up seeing. But what you're going to end up seeing is like... The scene from 2001 where Dave is on his way from Jupiter to wherever he's going for two and a half hours and some poetry. <laughs>
2: yeah, I couldn't say it better myself, man. I couldn't say it.
0: <laughs> so next week we're going to be watching... No.
2: This was like... um <sighs>
1: I feel like even trying to describe this is going to be weird. I'm trying to vicariously pretend to be the listener at the same time as I'm speaking. like Trying to hear what that listener would hear me saying.
0: How do you imagine... And it
1: would sound stupid, no matter what. How do
0: you imagine the listener is dressed right now? I'm thinking he's wearing a nice robe with uh, one of those ascots stuck in there, sitting by a fireplace, smoking a pipe, and thinking, hmm... These fools don't know what they speak of. Hey, man. I don't know about you, but
2: Mike Sterling once told me <laughs> that to get over your fear of stage fright, you just got to always picture the audience naked, man. I believe that was from a Brady Bunch episode, believe it or not.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Considering the few people that I know of for a fact listen to this episode, I don't want to think of them naked. <laughs> Just think hard and long. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Good God. Uh, So, Aaron, you synopsized the last movie. Did I? I am going to synopsize this movie. Sure. This is a movie about a mysterious area called The Zone, which is outside of a fictional Russian war zone area, like a DMZ, if you will. On the other side, in this zone, there is a supposed room, in quotation marks. It is known as the room. Nobody really knows what this thing is, but it is rumored to grant any person's wish that goes into it. But people are not allowed into the zone. The only way to get into the zone is to hire a person known as a stalker to guide you into there. Once you are in there, the stalker has to lead you through what seems like a perfectly uh, perfectly safe area, which is actually filled with traps and dangers that only he is able to detect. And then the movie happens. Okay, that's it. Yeah, we got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean,
2: I, I, yeah, you put it best. You put it best. I think that's the best way that you can even create a linear path for this movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's no straight lines in this movie. No, no, Like the, literally- sen- <laughs> the sentence, no, the sentence you made is the most linear path that you can have for this movie. Um I I struggle as well. I I agree with Sarah. Like I mean, visually amazing. Yeah. Visually amazing. It is yes. was- I mean, it's an art film. A feast obviously. for the
1: eyes. Yeah, you're you're just drinking it in. The the there are pan across shots that go for ages yeah. over Abandoned properties that have been covered in water and have growth of plants and fish swimming in them and just amazingly lush visuals. But at the same time, I needed a stalker to get through this movie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: there's no, there's no, you can't make, like, like you said, there is no, there's no straight line. There is no story if, you wanted to make a story out of this. You could probably make like a forty-five minute cut of just the parts where they actually go through the bits, and not the parts where they're dreaming or philosophizing or Is that the word philosophizing? Is that even a word? Do I speak words anymore? Of course you do. Mean hello. Um,
1: I'm not going to weigh in because I don't know, and I don't. I don't think I do.
0: Chilly dog
1: but i was saying there could be a 10 minute cut or even 5 <laughs> that it shows the very crucial moments you know obviously i i think that there are going to be some people that would see this movie and be totally moved by it and some people probably already have seen it and loved it but um
0: no, i re- i read some reviews of people that like When they saw it, it, like, changed them. Like, they made them burst into tears. And I've actually had those, you know, I've had those film experiences Oh, sure, sure. This wasn't it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've experienced art that's moved me like that before. But I honestly don't know how many times I've been moved to tears watching a movie that wasn't a drama. That was, uh sad you know i've been moved to tears because something really terrible happens in a movie before but i don't know if i've ever been moved to tears just from how beautiful a movie was hmm. i've uh, been moved to tears by art absolutely a mark rothko painting i saw in the tate modern i i think there are some forms of art that you see that just speak to you in some way oh, that absolutely. you can't really explain Um, And maybe this is that for some people, but the first thing that came to mind when I was watching this was a long time ago, I was uh, going to college and I had some friends that were all taking a film class together and I was curious about film. So I looked at their syllabus. I looked at all the movies they were going to watch for the semester and I decided I was going to watch them too. Mm -hmm. And
0: Swim fan?
1: No. Oh. And I, d- I just thought, I could see this one being in there. I'm surprised it wasn't, and I'm surprised that, um,
2: what?
0: <laughs> I is laughing, but I...
2: <laughs> no, I watched Swim Fan with you, dude.
1: Yeah, you did? You yeah, we you, watched it.
2: You weren't in the film class with me when I watched no, it. No, I thought... Oh, uh, you know what? Maybe it's an alternate Earth. Don't worry
0: about Are it. you Are thinking of some other bearded gentleman you watched? Must have been. Must have been. <laughs> Because my teacher made us watch it in film class as an example of film noir, and I think she was trying to be funny. Not she was not serious. She's good at her stuff. Oh no, 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 no! It wasn't you, Joel. Sorry, okay. man. it was some other morbidly obese yeah. slob.
2: No, what? What? <laughs> oh my god! Jeez. got him
0: to agree. <laughs> what?
1: <the>? You're crazy. <laughs>
0: you you. Are- Oh, This, was, this it movie wasn't has you. driven you mad, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Joel. It wasn't you. It was Baron Harkonnen. I always get you two mixed up. <laughs> you both fly around and have your pimples squeezed by servants.
1: Oh, my God. Wow.
0: Wow. <laughs> Chili dog. Oh. So,
1: um.
0: So what did they make you watch? Or what did you choose to watch?
1: You know, there were a lot of ones that you hear about citizen kane mm-hmm. brazil mm-hmm. Um, i don't even remember
0: i haven't seen brazil
1: at first i thought this might be like that when i had just like read a description of it but i didn't i obviously did not know what i was in for and i've seen movies that aren't very linear it kind of reminded me of 2046 too but 20, yeah. 2046 is more Action packed compared to this. I was this thinking was more slow paced.
0: I was thinking of In the Mood for Love uh, In the or Mood In the Mood for, Mood for Love, yeah. the way he does long shots and, and yeah. stuff like that. But mm, that that movie had an effect on me. This this one had a different kind of effect on me.
2: When I saw the movie title Stalker, I for some reason I thought maybe we we're going to get into something kind of similar to like. Oh god! Like the uh, Logan's Run or something. Yeah. Like, maybe this is some sort of uh, science fiction film where you know somebody's hunting somebody or something like that. Yeah. And so uh, when we were watching it, like I felt that the analytical part of my mind was just looking for these like high concept science fiction moments to happen. And maybe that was my one of one of my errors going into this movie was expecting there to be like I don't know something something to that aspect and and so i feel i feel like i wish maybe i had i had gone into this movie with no expectation and maybe that's something that i need to work on in the future no. when we receive recommendations is you know i don't know that was just me though when i and and i feel i feel that maybe that cheapened my experience with it i don't know
1: no i don't, I don't blame you though because when you're going into a movie you don't know what you're going to see and then you're initially in this, in this world that you're set up in, you have been told there's a different set of rules, you know, mm. and you're looking for what those, what those, ima- not imaginary, those, uh, fictitious things that exist here. What do those things look like? And then this movie pulls a fast one on yeah. you and does absolutely nothing, yeah. um, to show you these magical or super, scientific i don't i don't know what they are um these these things that do not exist in our world that exist there are done in a very i would almost say mundane way i i like understated sci-fi and that is something i appreciated about this but i think i was expecting something more to happen at some point it was like um Just waiting for the other shoe to drop or something. I don't know. How did you feel?
0: We could have gone through this entire movie without having it actually be a science fiction movie. It could have been the situation you were talking about where, is it science fiction if it's revealed that this whole thing was in the person's head? Right. Except there is a reveal at the end which indicates that, oh, there is actually something going on. But we're in when we're in the zone the only thing we have to rely on are the sounds and the visuals and what the stalker is telling us and the stalker is is he as a person is just somebody who's composed of fear it, it's like he is afraid every second that he's in the zone almost which is funny because he also Seems like he is more comfortable at home when he's there as opposed to in the DMZ zone out, you know, outside of the zone main. Interesting. <clears throat> but he's, you know, he's, he's mm. afraid of everything that everyone's ever told him. He's, I, and does he talk about like people who have died that he brought in before? Like, I don't think he does. Well, actually he does. He mentions another stalker. Right. A the stalker. person who taught him. Yeah. Cro- crocodile, that was his name. Yeah, crocodile. Good call. I didn't remember that. <laughs> yeah, well. You love crocodiles. That's two <laughs> movies in a row with crocodiles.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Hmm. Hmm. All right.
2: I'll I'll get out my my um. I'll be sure to go to the wall in my house, which is covered <laughs> in all these no- Spencer notes, so I can I can trace <laughs> the, the shoestring from one too. thing to the other. Uh-huh. It's all making sense now, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, initially I was along for the ride on this. There's a very slow paced getting into the zone part of this movie. The the beginning scene, there's kind of a setup, there's these there's these people who want him to take them to the zone. And he decides he's gonna take them there very slowly. They creep through this railroad area trying not to be caught by the gestapo or whatever a lot
0: of driving a
1: lot of driving and then they go into the zone up until that point it's been like a sepia like grainy sepia film and then you get into the zone and it's like colorful but it looks like it looks like an abandoned overgrown backyard in like the midwest or something I don't know how to explain it except to say that when you – here you're going to yeah. go to the zone, you kind of picture – you're trying to imagine what the zone could be, and then you see it, and you're kind of like, oh, this is yeah. a
2: yard. Yeah, yeah. I got that. I definitely got that feeling that it was a yard. But also – my, my my premonition at first was like, oh, this is like a Chernobyl situation. Yeah. Like you know, maybe this is some some sort of symbolism, you know, to 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 that whole uh, fiasco as well. And but I mean, I don't I don't exactly know the date
0: as to when Chernobyl happened I, in relation
2: to to this movie. But, I
0: looked into that stuff uh-huh. and I listened to a couple of discussions about it, and people think that this movie was a premonition. Of what would happen, or what happened in Chernobyl, because Chernobyl happened, like, eight to ten years after this movie was released. You're kidding me. Nope. Okay.
1: That's crazy. But
0: that is, like, the zone area is, like, how Chernobyl supposedly looks now. It's just overgrown and wild, because no humans can go there. So people
1: think there's some kind of, like, psychic, like, vision in this that...
0: Uh, you know, it, it's just it just came off as very prosthetic. That's you know, that. In, that's in, bomb, uh, the bomb hindsight. reference too. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that was pretty strong. So bomb bomb was, that's meteor. Crazy. Yeah, yeah.
1: That kind of makes me like it more, knowing that.
0: Well, also, if you translate some of the Russian, it says, "Hey, you, person who's watching this, you're the best. So you should like that part too." <laughs> That doesn't happen. (laughs) Uh, There are four characters in this movie. And uh, I include a fourth one because uh, this other person does have a uh, pretty good monologue scene. I I like what she did at the end. But so we've got the stalker. Yep. We've got the writer. Yep. The professor. Yep. And Marianne. No, uh. The stalker's wife is the fourth character. <laughs> Don't forget Monkey. Opinion. Well, Monkey is is just kind of a... that I, The stalker and the stalker's wife's daughter, it, they call her Monkey. And I think you guys were all like, oh, why is she calling her Monkey? Because she's, you know, they everyone's talking about how she might be a mutant or she's weird because she has to walk on crutches or something like that. I thought it was just a term of you know, endearment. endearment, yeah, like a nickname. Uh, I Wait, don't think she's a character. Feel
1: pain? Yeah. Okay.
2: So you're just saying she's the Hodor of this movie, huh? Yeah. Shock, Not shock that monkey.
1: Don't you know you gotta shock the monkey? Hey, mm-hmm. hey. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe That this happened before Chernobyl. Yeah,
2: I'm. Yeah, I'm still kind of reeling on and that I'm one. Sorry, I blew you guys.
0: No, it's fine. It's fine. Well,
1: you were secretly sitting there with like a blown mind.
0: Yeah, my mind is blown by the movie. You know?
1: I feel weird talking about it. Like, I almost feel like like when I saw it, I was just like, I don't know what the heck is going on. Now that I'm trying to talk about it, I'm like, whoa. This is weird.
2: I still don't know what to say. <laughs>
1: yeah. I felt like... I'm
2: trying. I'm trying, though.
1: <laughs> okay. My instinct is, I was watching the movie, I liked that it was understated, but it was very slow-paced, and I thought... Maybe, I didn't know where it was leading. I feel like it kept you in a state of suspense the whole time. You kept thinking something was going to happen. And things were happening, but they were very, very um, small, very um, quiet moments. And then I kind of started to question why this character, the stalker, was so pitiful like he really just yeah. I started thinking what if I was trying to follow somebody that was behaving in this way would I be able to learn something from them like yeah. would I, could they lead me somewhere and why does he want to lead them somewhere right. and I started to kind of question his motives it seemed like he had a sense of pride in his job even though that seemed kind of like a foggy Picture at best of what his job actually was, yeah, and it seemed he he needed to lead people to this place that seemingly almost didn't even exist. Um, so then I kind of I kind of started to question whether or not there were some religious connotations mm, because it seems like they might have been talking about believing in something and needing you know needing followers to believe in something and then Oh, true, true. I'd, I don't know.
2: Well, it was very faith-based, you're right. That made that makes sense in 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 the sense that, you know, it was a path that, that that again just wasn't straight. You know, he he continually he needed them to entirely trust on what the stalker was doing. Yeah. Right? Like the like like he needed their entire trust.
1: lion following. Yeah.
2: Blind blindly. Yeah. So,
1: and I you can't help but feel bad for him. There's something so miserable about his his whole and you feel like you don't know that much about him either, but he seems scared. He seems conflicted. He wants to do his job, but at the same time, he's reluctant. Um yeah. It was very it was a very weird experience watching this
2: as far as the society of this of this of this world is concerned a stalker is something that's not entirely uh, approved by the eyes of the law yeah this is a job this is this is like a uh, what the, What's the what's the term I'm looking for? Like it's it's not something you're going to put on your 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 ta- your tax your tax forms, you know? <laughs> like this is this is like a I don't know. It's like a, like a smuggler almost in a lot of ways, right? They yeah. say like,
0: at the beginning of the movie that he had been imprisoned for two years. Ah, uh, okay. So
1: because he's a stalker. Yes,
0: I think that's why. Like, that's one of the reasons why his wife is ridiculously upset. I guess it's... Oh, that it's, makes sense now. The he, whole scene where, where where he's leaving
2: and she just, like, lands on the ground and and, and is writhing and... and crying. And, and it it doesn't
0: make any sense. No. 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 I, you know, I, it, it makes sense that she's upset. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. It makes sense. But that, like, I tried to watch that scene again out of like now that I had context for the movie yeah for science and what was going on and I watched it without the subtitles because I was just you know getting with the imagery and Mm -hmm. like I was loving it loving it loving it until that part where you know he's getting ready to go and she wakes up and he she's confronting him like I, I don't even remember watch? what they're saying. Like you, you know, you. She's leaving. looking for a watch. Why'd yeah. you
1: take my watch? Right. Yeah.
0: Asking him not to go, and then when he leaves, and she's like, ah, ah, and she's just rolling around on the ground. And I'm like, no, this is still hilarious. Like, <laughs> the way she reacts is like a child who's like, I don't want to go to bed, because ah, ah, she's just. Slowly rolling on the ground. It's not I guess like that's true. It's not like she's tearing at her hair and her clothes or anything. <laughs> you
2: know? uh, Everybody suffers differently, man. Uh, and people, people suffer very slowly in this movie. That's definitely something that's, that's,
0: right. that's <laughs> after the movie was over. All four of us, because Kempo watched it with us, should have just got on the ground and started rolling around. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, we need to get we need to get our our, our see through nighty on as well though, <laughs> and then lay on the ground together.
0: <laughs> Sounds good to me.
2: <laughs> You're forgetting you got to you got to do this proper, Joel. We all share a bed. Let's do this proper.
1: That moment of the over the melodramatic sorrow she's going through reminded me of some Chinese movies that I've seen. Okay, I've watched some Chinese movies, and there's like a cliche that they're like tragedies try you cannot, you cannot have two people fall in love and live happily ever after. You can't have a story where the hero is, you know. Yeah, but
2: it, a, little, a little bit of context, you did live in China for a bit, though, right? Yeah, a little bit of your life, right? Yeah, cool. I oh. lived in Her life was a tragedy No, the the
1: that's
2: <laughs> not what I'm trying. That's not the not the proper context, Joel. <laughs> Yeah, my life is now a
1: tragedy. <laughs>
2: we'll be
0: soon. Oh,
1: yeah. So I've I've seen some Chinese movies, and for some reason, the the over the top sorrow in this movie and discomfort, misery, the dredge reminded me of some of the of the pain I've seen in the in the Chinese movies I've seen. Even the kung fu movies. I mean, I some of the movies I've seen, it's just nobody gets a happily ever after. And um, this movie, I felt like I felt like they just he kept striving for something, and the I don't know. I don't. I somebody else say something? (laughs) Oh no, it's okay. It's okay. Um,
2: A moment that just popped up in my head in this film. Like like Joel mentioned, when they got after after the whole sepia tone thing and the color thing happened, and they sent the the tram thing back, and they're just kind of like, so this is the zone, huh? You know, they they're start you know, the writer and the 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 and the um, professor. professor. They're kind of they're kind of chit chatting for a little bit, and they get back together, and they start doing their journey. Uh, and and there's a moment where the where whole oh, there's several moments, but. The, the first moment that, that, that really struck me and that, that I, I began to think like oh oh wow I don't oh oh wow I don't know what to think now is when <laughs> is when, um, is when the, the, the writer decides to shove off on his own he's like, you know what I'm tired of this you're throwing these handkerchiefs everywhere with little pieces of metal and bolts attached to them and you're just whatever man I'm gonna find the room myself you know and he starts walking off he, he kind of heads up to this like little cabin thing. And then I don't know there's a voice that's just like "Don't go where?" and he's like out of nowhere. And, then, and and he turns around and immediately accuses both the the professor and uh the stalker as being the man who who shouted at them but they're but they're like "Nah, man, professor's already like in he's like already in like two sandwiches or whatever, just chilling and and the, and the stalker's just looking at him like no, come back here, you know?" Yeah. And that was kind of the moment where I was like Oh, so maybe there is actually something going on, you know? Yeah. yeah who knows? If that's never explained, though, where that voice came from.
0: Came from the yeah. director. Actually, you need a backup. That makes more tel- sense. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it in the movie.
1: <laughs> what about the telephone line?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> is it me oh, waiting for. Wait, what's <laughs> I say? Song? Are you, are you thinking, um... So
1: no one's answering.
0: Oh, that's... Uh, I work. You have telephone line. Yeah. Hello. How are you? <laughs> have you been all right? <laughs> and all these zonies, 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 zonies nights.
1: If you pick up that <laughs> telephone... Yeah, I don't know...
0: That would be amazing crossover, by <laughs> Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, e, uh, o, o. Are you saying you don't understand the mysterious, like, why the phone started ringing? I'm gonna have to say it felt really convenient. <laughs> it was been, convenient. They've they,
2: they been they've been in the zone for how many days now? Like, well, I mean, it's described time, maybe time, time, yeah, yeah. And, who knows? Who knows? It's it's kind of really flippin' convenient. And then it's also really flipping convenient the professor's like, "I found the lab," and they're literally there in the lab, like he's like, "I found it <laughs>
1: like, oh, maybe it's maybe it's their innermost desire. That's true because you find out that the zone or the room or whatever grants your innermost desire, so maybe those oh. things appeared because they were their desire.
0: That does make sense. I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> you just don't want to agree
2: with us, but that's
0: no, okay. No, 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 I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know either.
0: That's... I don't know
1: anything. <laughs> I like that
0: hypothesis a lot though. I like that. I mean, he's talking to somebody he works with.
2: That's what phone. I'm talking about. It's like way too damn convenient. Like, but
1: did you make sure that that telephone line is still working in there? Oh, no,
2: no, no. What was great, I mean, that- no, what was great too, was like the it, the phone rang. The writer picks it up first, right? And he just makes some, like, I, I can't remember the comment, but it was Nobody's just very...
0: Nobody's here.
2: Yeah, it was just very offhand, like, nope, not here. And then just, <laughs> like...
0: Well, nobody thought it was weird, either.
2: That was the thing that really hurt. Uh, okay, all right. When I was a Boy Scout... I went on this hike called the Kelso hike out in the middle of uh, out in the middle of nowhere in California mm-hmm. named um, after
0: Airman character.
2: It's a thirty mile hike, right?
0: Oh my
1: gosh!
2: There is a phone booth in the very middle of this hike, and while I was walking up, it rang. Believe it or not.
1: Whoa! Believe it or
2: not.
0: Did you answer? Of
2: course, I answered it. It was yeah. a, it was a reporter from um, from Washington or something like that, and he had called because he was like, "This is one of the most remote phone booths in America," and he wanted to see if anyone would pick up.
1: That's crazy. Yeah, that really yeah. happened. That happened
2: to me, so I ended up in a newspaper article somewhere.
1: Oh my that god,
2: that's I so never cool. Get. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's you so probably cool. funny. You yeah. should look online. Yeah, I spoke to a young Cornelius. <laughs> so
2: so he I did not really. I could relate a little bit to that scene, only in that sense.
1: You were talking, though, that during the recap or whatever, you were talking about the shelter you had to build for one of your oh, badges yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, is it emergency preparedness? I think that might might have been the one. I forget which merit badge it was now.
1: I feel like you you knew more about this Exploration than we did going into this premiere.
2: I feel really bad comparing my experience to the Boy Scouts of this film <laughs> because I feel yeah. that at least, at least I learned something.
1: <laughs> from and my you time. had fun some of
2: the time. <laughs> <laughs> if Tarkovsky was here; he'd spit on you. It's fine. It's fine. I barely know him.
1: <laughs> Joel said that he hates being asked what his movies are about. Well, um, he
0: he did. He's been dead for a long time, but yeah.
2: Hey, Ted. So, so he created art just to just for for fun. Frenzies. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, uh, why I, does anybody create art? Oh no, but no. I'm just trying to say like he had no specific agenda with his films. I'm it was sure just, he
0: did, but uh, maybe he's just one of those people that believe that the interpretation of the person who okay. experienced the art is more important than the artist's original intent.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a good
0: moral of the story. I didn't get to put my <laughs> two cents in when you guys were talking about religious stuff. You guys you guys just don't care about my opinion when it comes to the religion thing. Next time, I
2: whenever do. I say anything in this podcast, I will look at you and go, Joel, your opinion.
0: <laughs> because you <laughs> From guys now on.
2: you guys skipped over me.
1: I wasn't trying to skip over you.
2: Yeah, serious. So
0: Alright, Joel. Now that you brought it up, and made us both feel It could be a metaphor. Awkward. The zone itself, this room with the answers, feels like it could be a metaphor for God. You go to the zone. You go to the zone <laughs> <laughs> looking for the answer to the question you're not supposed to know the answer to. You are supposed to have blind faith, and you continue to have blind faith in this person who says that they can show you the way, show you what you need to do in order to get the answer to the question, the capital T question. And at the end, you know, it's, you know, spoiler for this movie, nobody goes into what the room is, as far as we know, I believe they're on the outskirts of this room, and nobody goes into it because things sort of fall apart. There are other agendas. Like it turns out, the writer doesn't really he doesn't really want what he said he originally wanted. He's got ulterior motives. I can't remember. I can't even remember what his ulterior motives are. But he becomes too scared of what might be his innermost desire, so he won't go on there. And then the professor, think about it, man of science, of course he wants to destroy God. Of course he wants to destroy the answer. That oh, makes sense. And he takes in, you know, he smuggles in a weapon in order to complete this, you know, to take care of that. And it's it's so upsetting to the stalker because he's like, I'm. I'm not doing this for me. I. I didn't take you on this journey for me. This. I don't get anything out of this. You guys give me money, but taking you here and showing you this wonderful thing is the only thing I want out of it. And it's like he is being so sincere when he's saying that. You. You have to believe him. I feel like. No, I actually agree with you. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that was what I was thinking.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
2: Interesting
0: chili dogs. <laughs>
1: I could see that. I uh <laughs> I did see sort of a of him being like the prophet and in that sense it would be the prophet leading them to the room which would be like a god or a um ultimate truth, ultimate answer to the question. Yeah, you could definitely I thought they were in the room.
0: I'm pretty sure they were just outside of it
2: when they were in that... There there was a moment where the rider was, like, about to walk into it, and he kind of went, Yeah, like he was going to fall into it, and then he stepped back. Yeah.
1: That was it?
2: Yeah, that was the room. They just kind of sat next to the door... It kind of glowed a little bit. Yeah, that's when when, uh,
0: Goofy was pulling him away so he didn't take in his explosive device when they were fighting. That was like they were right outside of it. There's
2: like a bunch of vials and stuff in the puddles instead Uh of it just being puddles next to moss.
0: This makes it sound
2: action-packed. If that helps, you know which (laughs) Hmm?
1: This makes it sound action-packed. There's a guy who almost (laughs) fell into an open doorway and there were bombs and there...
0: This is part of the 30-minute to 45-minute cut, yeah. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs)
1: I'm glad that I saw this because I think that it was a movie worth experiencing. But I I have to say there are things I do not understand about it. And and I'm okay with that. I might find out apparently some people think this was a psychic premonition for what was going to happen with Chernobyl. Yeah, crazy
0: Um, people, but... (laughs) Some people did No, I shouldn't say crazy people.
1: Joel read something the other day about the Wizard of Oz. Somebody was comparing it to the Wizard of Oz in a review and saying that it was like the yellow brick road. It makes the, sense, too. Yeah, and I see that, but I, I saw the stalker more as like the Oz than like a Dorothy character, if that was going to be...
2: Well, now I just Paris. now I just keep thinking of him as Moses, like some yeah, sort of a biblical prophet. That's
1: what I was thinking too. It's very
2: interesting. And Walking he ends up desert. having
1: this yeah. special child too.
2: Yeah,
1: um, that's true. So I was like, is that like a Joseph kind of a thing oh, wow. or a Christ kind of a thing? Yeah. I don't know. Huh. But definitely something to ponder. But at the same time, <laughs> it was it was there were some pretty miserable moments to get through watching.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there were.
0: Man, so many puddles too. So I wrote some notes. And uh, most of these I understand. A normal human work, that's what his wife says. Like, you could get an actual job and not have to do this. Uh, the zone, okay, you know, that's obviously a big thing. Windex, hello. Everything was dirty. No. <laughs> I get <some> <laughs> Windex. <laughs> uh then my next note is i don't know what's going on (laughs) now this is the one i don't remember why i wrote it down i wrote down porcupine oh maybe that was actually the the the
2: um the fellow's name oh it wasn't crocodile it wasn't crocodile all right i'll
0: have to remove that No, no 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 no
2: my theory I think it was porcupine. That was actually the name of the stalker who trained him.
0: Imagine in the tenth victim, if instead of her getting launched into a pool with a crocodile, they were like, "Okay, she sits in this chair and it launches her into a pit full of porcupines." <laughs> Sounds pretty deadly, dude. Yeah, I, it'd be great though if she hadn't questioned that. Oh, pit of porcupines. Okay, pit of porcupine. Pit of porcupines. Pit of porcupines. And the only thing else I've got on here is, uh, once again, the uh, Wet Bandits. Just like in Space Raiders, I thought that the Professor <laughs> and the Writer looked like the Wet Bandits. Oh, my
2: God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Have you guys seen that, that meme yet? Not to totally derail it, but they're, uh, the, the Predator
0: versus Kevin from Home Alone oh, no. Yeah. meme.
1: No. I haven't.
0: It's amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, who would win? How long does Kevin have to prepare? (laughs) (laughs) It's a good question.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Can't figure it out without that. (laughs) Did I
1: say someone's name was Kevin on Game of Thrones? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It was, uh, it was, uh, what what is the name of the queen? Uh, Cersei?
1: Uh It's
0: like something about. Uh, asking for assistance from your uncle Kevin. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Kevin
1: Nobody in this world. It's not does a name fantasy name. It's
0: <laughs> not a Game of Thrones name. <laughs> I <dubbed> this <it. laughs> Sir Kevin.
2: Alessandra, Jon Snow, yeah.
0: Kevin. <laughs> Tyrion. <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs>
0: it's, it's like it's like in Dune. We've got, got the Duke the uh, the the what is the Duke in? Uh, and it was, I, they, there's all those fancy names, and then there's Paul. Paul Trades. <laughs> hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. <laughs> Paul, I think you're the chosen one. <laughs> 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 the rat cataract or whatever it's called. What is Quidrack, it? Kidrak Sadrak. Kidrak Sadrak.
2: Nah, dude. Even the people in Arrakis thought Paul was weird, so they're like, we're going to call you Little Mouse. <laughs> yeah. Deep, because what the hell is Paul mean?
0: Call <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. me They don't need to know what it is. Uh, so, these movies, uh, this movie reminded me of the... There's a Terrence Malick movies. I don't know what that is. Uh, he did. Please he did reveal your secrets. Days stuff. of Heaven and New World, and nope. um, there was one that got all kinds of Oscar buzz a few years ago that had Brad Pitt in it. Tree of Life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yeah. I appreciate your miming. Isn't that the lady from the Mummy in it? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Never mind. The Lady from th- the mumble? I'm thinking of some other art movie. Don't worry about it. Are you thinking of the one with, with Wolverine in it? <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, she, maybe. Is she in that one? Maybe that's what I'm thinking about. Anyway. I
1: he does. Maybe a Constant Gardener or something.
0: He does a lot of visual, you know, visual storytelling of mm. just the characters and like a lot of. This is the golden hour, you know. So we're, <laughs> everything takes place during this time. Cool. And then basically, it's like spoken word poetry, except it, I, it's not. It it is the everything in there. The characters are saying in his movies are pretty poetic, but they are telling the story. You know, it's yeah.
1: It's like lemonade.
0: Yeah, it's like lemonade. It's it's you know, it all fits together, <laughs> even if it is like rhyming, <laughs> oh and God. poetic. And it's amazing country song for some reason. Um, But this was not The poems in this Were not Part of the story almost Like they They were They were part of the story But they weren't Part of the narrative I don't know what I'm saying I'm saying that they I don't like it
1: They were standalone
0: I want to watch this movie again But I didn't like it
1: So Earlier today, Joel wanted to kind of refresh his memory a little bit about the movie before we started talking about it. And I hear this flute music from downstairs just for a a few minutes. I I hear a flute. (laughs) I hear this flute music from downstairs and I'm like, put on your headphones because like it's seriously the music takes you right back to it and you're oh, wow. like, you're in the zone again.
2: M- music actually does really affect my memory of things. If I hear a song, I immediately think of, you know, moments in my past. So yeah, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. yeah. I was like, please, I don't, I don't want to go back to the zone.
2: But when you first said you heard flute music, I totally <laughs> thought that like, um, that Joel was like dressed up like Jean Luc Picard, and he was in his ready room. It was
1: like the episode where and he was just playing. It.
2: That's immediately
0: the visual I got, guys. Uh, I was <laughs> standing on the bed,
1: wearing only a pair
0: of swimming trunks. <laughs> he lived and a whole lifetime flute.
1: someplace
2: else. Literally, just like in that Star Trek: The Next Generation episode, you will live an entire lifetime while watching oh this movie. Gosh. It
0: was more like Anchorhead or Anchorhead, Anchorman, <laughs> the jazz flute. <laughs> <laughs> riding the unicorns or whatever.
1: <laughs> Celine Dion, my heart will go mm-hmm. on. Flute.
0: Yeah, the penny, the penny whistle.
2: <laughs> what, what I, what I've been able to. Yeah, I agree that overall, I really did want to like this movie, but I, I also kind of had a negative uh, experience with it, unfortunately. But what I will say is the positives, the pros. The pros are there's some pretty awesome visuals. Yeah, like you can't, it's, you cannot deny how beautiful, like. Some of those um, places they found, like, these hidden bunkers, like, the fact that, like, and what the the whole switch up from there just being, like, total, like, there's, like, total puddles from the beginning of this movie, like, up until a point, and then suddenly there's sand dunes. Yeah. Like, they found a bunker full of sand. Yeah. Like, and that was actually a really cool kind of switch up. Like, it, um, it yeah. has a very interesting, like, at least for me, like, again, like Joel said, Windex, Everything was covered in grime, mud. There were textures everywhere. I I felt like my eyeballs were just like, were like feeling all these different textures that this movie was throwing at you. Yeah. It was very, it felt like so many things were very like day-to-day life, things you would see, but they felt so alien. Yeah. To me anyways.
1: They did a really good job of making something that should be normal look strange. Yeah. And make you question reality because you were looking so, you were looking at something that you knew was real yeah. and you knew you could see in your everyday life but you started reading into it looking <laughs> for something more there because <laughs> you knew that in this situation in the movie it was something more yeah. or that's what they were saying it was and i just thought that that was a little bit crazy the way it made you question things that were happening a definite i would say visually worth yeah, seeing. Absolutely. But if you haven't seen it yet, a word to the wise, it's very slow paced <laughs> and uncomfortable. And it's hard to even say what makes it so uncomfortable, but it's it's the acting, the fear, anxiousness, and physical discomfort that you see the characters go through, literally laying down in a puddle and just, I mean, you you felt like you... We're going through what uh, they were going through in some moments.
2: It's very interesting Interesting experience, kind of reliving it again right now, too. Yeah. It's very, yeah. Uh, it's a thing. It's definitely a thing.
0: <laughs> it, um, uh, I'm trying to remember a specific movie it reminded me of, and I can't find it right now. Because you were talking about how it puddles everywhere, and then all of a sudden they're in like sand dunes. Yeah, like they they train them. You know, they go through like a full George Lucas almost, without the exception of a lava planet and maybe <laughs> how funny and a snow planet because it's like yeah they start out in that demilitarized zone and then they are in the green fields and they have to navigate like water a bunch of times and at a certain point they're in like a series of underground pipes like tunnel pipe things that's the one i was trying to remember there is a world war ii movie that i watched where these people were trying to escape from the nazis i believe and they were just navigating these underground tunnels trying to survive. And it was really Mm. harrowing and and upsetting, but like a a fantastic movie. And I wish I could remember what it was called, but that, that part kind of reminded me of that. There were so many parts where we, up until a certain point where we were like, I, at least I felt like I was afraid something was going to happen because I couldn't (laughs) even tell that something bad is going to happen. Yeah, and there are a couple of times where they uh, the people go against what the stalker says, and you're like, "Oh, I know something bad is going to happen." You know, when he's approaching the room without taking the special path, it's like something bad's going to happen. No, well, later there, the professor is really upset because he forgot his bag and he goes back, and he's like, "You're going to die if you go back." And I'm like, "I'm absolutely positive the pref- either the professor is just not going to be there, or they're going to find his body or something." No, they find him. He's He's got his bag. He's eating some delicious sandwiches. <laughs> it's... but it's the, being, the ten, um, you know, A little by the
1: anticlimactic yeah. in that way.
0: Yeah, by the time they got out of the tunnels, I was just like, you can't do this to me anymore. I'm not going to be scared for these guys.
2: There was a lot of checks that were written for some danger, and none of them were cashed.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, you did kind of question if the guy was mentally ill at one point, because, like... When he comes back he's talking about what what is he talking about when he gets back home? About how he needs to take them there and he still needs to take people and I don't
0: he, He's just he's just He's really shell absurd. shocked. Yeah.
1: From yeah. nothing.
0: That they didn't get to do what he took them there to do. And that they His didn't His purpose believe. is for
2: them to see the room, and they didn't, they didn't do
0: that. and that yeah. They wanted to so destroy he them yeah, the, yeah. what he loved. Yeah. The wife is like, why don't you take me there? I want to go. And he's like, you can never go.
1: Just all of a sudden, like, why?
0: I read about this and I have to agree with, I don't remember whose opinion this was, but she's in love with him. And that's like, everyone has told her, like she talks about the mo- in the monologue, like her parents like hated it, that she was going to marry this uh, person who was a stalker, you know, who did this, this crazy dangerous job and like was probably exposed to radiation or whatever else is going on. And I, they were talking about how, They feel that the he doesn't want to take her in there because she's in love with him being this mysterious and uh, you know emotional person who she can never really understand. And if he takes her in there, there's a chance that she will no longer have this fascination anymore. The mystery is gone, and he like needs her to love him. Yeah, and maybe that's also why he's upset about them going into there and not being, like, grateful or happy that anything happened. It's like, like, I didn't get this fulfillment that they got their fulfillment out of it. Like, this didn't work out. It's supposed to.
1: There were a lot of broken promises in this movie. There was a lot of things being said that could happen or would happen and then didn't happen. And I was just thinking, you know, it's like, setting up a rule anybody can go to the room and have their deepest desire granted except for his wife. Like what? Like <laughs>
2: what? <laughs> yeah. Why can't she get her desires? Yeah. I
1: guess I, I, every time they took great lengths to explain something and why it needed to be the way it was, there was, uh, there was always some catch. And I felt like that was just another thing at the end when he was like, you can't go there. Like, okay. I thought that he was concerned for her. Interesting. Because he doesn't control what it is that they want. He just leads them there, and he didn't want anything bad to happen to that's,
2: her. That's what I was thinking was. Yeah. My, my perception was that it was concerned because he even stated to those guys, like, some people don't even make it this far sometimes. Yeah. Like.
1: And I'm got- trying to picture what that looked yeah. like. Yeah. Okay, they don't even make it yeah. this far where are, are there, are, do they turn into bodies? Do they disappear? Like.
2: Well, I, I was thinking about <coughs> it. I was thinking about it while we were watching the movie. And when he start, there was a moment where the writer like pulls a gun, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. And, I forgot about that.
2: And, and, you know, that was one of the things that, one of the rules that he specifically stated was, you know, you couldn't really bring anything like, or I don't know if he did or not, but he made it. Sound like that was something that was on the contraband list, mm-hmm. and you know when he took it away, like part of me was like, my God, is he just kind of leading these guys to a room where he's going to kill them? Yeah, that was that was uh, that was one of my, and, and so that was kind of one of the other things too, is because I was, I was like, like at first when the movie began, he seemed very like in control of the situation. He had a jeep. You know, yeah. drove them these these different places. You know, he seemed like he, he was,
1: had an agenda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then,
2: but then, as soon as they got they got in there, he slowly went from this kind of like stone faced, like you know, I'm going to lead you here, to being very emotional. You know, everything was, and and, and that's when I was like, oh my god, he's going to kill them. Like he's just kind of slowly losing it.
1: <laughs> he's, yeah. just,
2: he's taking them out in the middle of the woods. And he's going to off them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought was going to happen. It
1: was weird. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So it was, it was it was a trip, man. That movie was a trip.
0: I don't even know who I would recommend this to. <laughs> I feel like if I'm hanging out with a bunch of other film students and it's like, oh, you haven't seen Stalker? Yeah, we should watch it. Then that's the situation. But I wouldn't wouldn't recommend it to any of my friends. Like, uh, my film friends are in this room with the exception of Jose. You know, I'll recommend it to Jose. And it will be like, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> That's that's about it. Well, part
2: part of me is trying to like identify on what Netflix um, um, string of of like minor genres this film would be under. Like you know how like how there's like like insanely long and descriptive genres on Netflix. Like that's, you that's know, what it would be under. Insanely long and descriptive. Cerebral, <laughs> cerebral, dark. Cerebral, dark science in- fiction.
1: With a a strong male lead.
2: Yeah, who enjoys polka dots. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think.
1: (laughs) Mind-bending...
2: Mind-bending... Mind-bending
1: cerebral... uh, (laughs) ...adventure... uh, (laughs) ...with a strong male lead.
0: (laughs) I just remember ...in a
1: dramatic backdrop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in a dystopian future,
0: future. foreign language <laughs> yeah well <laughs> oh, very well touche Joel you know, touche I just remembered the best part of the movie and uh, it's because you were talking about this description and I was thinking oh at least they can put on the movie in, in on that website does the dog die Oh, that the dog does not die and I was like oh yeah he like adopts that dog at the end yep. that's nice
2: this also, nice. I thought they were imagining that dog for, like, half the movie. Yeah, I knows. thought it was just, like, an apparition in one of the dude's heads. Like, I was like, oh, this is, like, a symbolic... Like, part of me was like, this is a symbolic moment where someone's gonna die. <laughs> like, I was <laughs> like, the black dog symbolizing an imminent death, which didn't happen.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Maybe if there is some sort of otherworldly being, whether celestial or just uh, alien, that rules over that area, maybe he was also concerned with the stalker not not getting to fulfill the needs of these people and was like, well, here's a gift and I hope this tides you over until the next time you can come in. Interesting. But I don't know. Well, he
2: was so distraught at the end of the movie too. Like not even taking his like daughter down to like the, the lake didn't even like that did nothing you know his mind was still constantly on the fact that his purpose wasn't met you know yeah damn
1: he had a need to fulfill his own his own mission and he and I and I don't understand why it was so important yeah I really don't um it's
0: not for us mortals
1: yeah I feel like i I should have gained more from watching this movie than I actually I I feel like I'm missing something. But I
2: I don't know our discussion makes me feel like I <coughs> feel like I, I, I took away more than I expected.
1: Yeah, I guess me too.
2: Cuz when I was watching this movie, the entire time I was just like nope, not getting it. Like I think I even just shouted out <laughs> like <laughs> at one point I was just like, "Spencer!" <laughs> 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 I like I put my fist towards the heaven. <laughs>
0: Shaking it. I <laughs> shall get revenge upon thee. <laughs> I was going to watch this movie eventually because I, you know, I use that letterbox side a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's if what I'll do is I'll go to a category like science fiction genre mm-hmm. and I'll organize it by uh, most highly rated And then look at which movies are, that I haven't seen that are the most highly rated. And this was like next on the list. It's like number like, probably like number four or seven, like out of the top ten. So I was like, oh, I gotta watch this Stalker movie eventually. This is one of the
1: best rated movies on Letterboxd.
0: Science fiction at least. Yeah, best rated science fiction movies.
1: What about Rotten Tomatoes?
0: Uh, they hurts my they they didn't exist back then. I don't I don't look at Rotten Tomatoes for opinions, so I don't know. You don't? No, that's okay. I, I kind of only use it once in a while, anyways. <laughs> I actually
2: don't read much. Tiger opinion, looks anyways, at it.
0: I think that's our cue. Yep, Thomas needs some wet food. I think Tiger, we're all exhausted.
1: Tiger wants to go to the zone. <laughs>
0: You must have go to the delicious tuna zone.
2: It's been an interesting reliving this movie yeah. kind of shared experience we just had.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I am going to rewatch this movie eventually. I give it my entire attention. And it had my entire intention. It wasn't like I was ignoring it at any point or anything like that. But I just, I don't know. I It was a rewatch for me at least. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to decide that this is a movie that I really, really like or anything like that. But it is a movie that I feel is worth investing time in. I will watch this movie again
2: as well. The bar was set pretty low at Parts Per Billion, which I'll probably never watch again. Come on. Uh, So this was better than Parts Per Billion. Absolutely. Was
0: it better than Hardware? No. Ah, I agree. (laughs) Listen. I've, I've rewatched Hardware like twice since yeah. we watched it for the podcast. Oh, totally. So. <laughs> totally. I don't know what that says about me and you.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe we're just gluttons for punishment, Joel. Hey, that, I don't know. That was, what I, was uh, what I wanted. That's what I got. That is what I wanted. <laughs> oh, oh, clever. Clever. <sighs>
2: I'm glad you threw some slam poetry in there, man. Sarah, what do you say
0: about the movie? Do you want to tell people to watch it? Do you want to watch it again yourself ever?
1: I don't know if I ever want to watch it again. And I was trying to think of anybody who I know who would want to see this. And I don't know. I feel like it's the kind of movie that I I have some friends I haven't seen in a long time that I might bring it up to them and they'll be like, Oh my God, you saw that crazy movie too? like what the heck and they were in the puddles and they were in the sand and the, I feel like I feel like there has to be a couple of my friends that have seen this before
0: I thought you were going to say there are a couple of people I haven't seen in a long time and I'd really like to pull a trick on them <laughs> Hey watch this movie it's it's science fiction All right Spencer well, there's one more movie in in uh, Spencer Month, and that is a movie called The Gladiators from 1970. Uh, he's given us all foreign language movies, basically. with the, What was the first movie we watched with him? Silent Running was the exception. But all these other ones have been in a different language. I don't know anything about The Gladiators. I'm not looking into it. I will say it is a crisp 91 minutes long, though, as opposed to over two hours. So... You look forward to that. He's merciful, then, Spencer. Yes. Thank you, Spencer.
1: Um, lessons.
0: Lessons. Lessons. I don't want to. Did you want to get a lesson from this movie? I don't think I. I don't, I don't think I'm going to ask. Uh, here, if you want to think about a lesson while I'm doing this, I am going to look up. <gasps> did we want to talk about?
2: Some very blatant sci-fi elements in this movie real quick. Sure. The only blatant scene at the end there. Sure. So, like, movie kind of ends with uh, a scene where Monkey, uh, someone who's mostly talked about, rarely seen in this movie, and she's just kind of chilling, I guess, in somebody's kitchen. Uh, it's not really described whose. I'm assuming it's their kitchen. It's their kitchen. And she's reading a book. She kind of puts the book down and kind of stares at some glasses for a little while. One, one I think, has some, like, whiskey or something in it. And then there's, like, a couple empty ones. And she just kind of stares at them for a while. And they start moving.
0: Mind bullets. You want to see an example <laughs> of this in a modern-day environment? That's you, telekinesis. You watch type. that uh, Madonna music video. What was it?
1: Bedtime Stories. Bedtime Stories. Which, okay. Bedtime Stories, we watched that because we heard that it referenced this movie. Oh, for reals? Yeah, and it does. There's like a moment that is like oh, that's fully really referencing cool. this movie. And I'm sitting here thinking, "Okay, I knew what this a trip. song. I knew this Madonna song when I was younger, and now listening to it, it is a total Bjork sounding song. Like it's like Madonna heard Bjork what? and was like, "I'm going to write a song like that." What? Yeah. So re-listen to the song. Okay. Okay. Watch the video for bedtime stories and see if you don't hear any Bjorkish kind of lyrics. And see the reference to this movie in there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Pretty weird.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm not very music literate and even I was thinking this is like Bjork. (laughs) So that tells you. (laughs) Something. (laughs)
1: It's a Bjork song in her set list.
0: That's so crazy. <laughs>
2: I,
1: and I, by that, I don't mean Bjork wrote it. It just sounds like Madonna wrote a Bjorkish song. Oh, yeah. Song.
2: She was <laughs> just
0: trying. Yeah. So if you want to email us any crazy, crazy awesome suggestions, we we would love to hear from anybody. Our email address is pleasedontpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you are a big fan of our podcast, just kidding, if you're a mild fan, if you 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 know if you only casually like this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or the podcast catcher of your choice. Give us a like on Facebook. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash pdsmios. We put up a lot of other, or not a lot, I mean, we, we post more than once a week on there, you know, different photos, uh, other things that we like. We'd love to get some uh, opinions on there. If you have suggestions, you can put it on the page, too. If you subscribe to us on iTunes, we would appreciate a star rating. Just give us a chance. uh, Drop in for two seconds and put whatever star rating you want on there. We would appreciate it. Please. So, did you guys want to do lessons? (laughs) Because frankly... Oh, it's
2: so agonizing for you, Joel. I understand, Uh, trying. I'm trying to...
0: Oh, man. I I think we have to, I guess. I mean, it's our thing. Yeah. So, Sarah?
1: When in doubt, uh, tie a bandage to a nut and throw it into the middle of
2: nowhere. (laughs)
0: Oh, Truer words have never been spoken. Oh man, <coughs> Thomas, is that your lesson? I guess, um, if you're a security guard
2: and you're just like guarding the one entrance to the zone, watch out for oncoming jeeps. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's the lamest no, story I've ever no. given. <laughs> well, it just seems like they're not doing a really good job, you no, know? Like
1: of blocking.
0: That's all I'm going
2: to say on that one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> My lesson is, if you're going to smuggle booze into the zone, you're going to have to do it in at least like three or four different ways, because that stalker, he's always looking to get rid of your booze, and trust me, you're going to need it. Oh, man. I'm going to have some booze right now. We'll see you next week, folks. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Adios. Cinco de Mayo. That's our word. Sequel de Mayo. That's our word. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> mm.